Welcome everyone to this week's edition of Bombercast. I'm your regular co-host, The Grizz, and with me this week is a special guest, a regular on the board and resident funny man, Darrow. How are you, mate? I'm really well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I've pulled myself down from the rafters after Saturday afternoon, deflated a little bit. I thought it was a pretty tense game, but it wasn't bad. I'm doing okay. And I suppose we'll just rip straight into it because it was a fascinating game on the weekend, Darrow. Um, I watched it on TV, but I believe you were there. On one hand, it's four points, which we needed. We've only won one game since a buy other than this, but on the other hand, Yikes. Uh, that was <laughs> a bit rougher than most expected. It was a tough watch. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a very tough watch. And it was really interesting um, from the ground watching everyone around me collectively start to lose their shit. There was a lot of frustration around. Um, I think everyone, including the players, went into the game thinking that we were going to win by 10 goals. And and that was obvious, I think, uh, in the way that they went about it. It was really disappointing, actually. I, I, probably one of the most disappointing games, even though we won, of the year for mine. Yeah, I, I was not at the game, but I was losing my shit at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I, I think I even threw out the pathetic effort, what are we doing as a club, p-hearted a couple of times with some of the the really sort of lack of any sort of pressure or defensive efforts in the game. And it's weird because we're a younger team than West Coast, but I feel like we've had that excuse all year. Um, mm. We've been a young team all year and we've performed better than that. So I think Brad mm. Scott came out and said, oh, we're younger and less experienced than West Coast. Well, I would argue that's probably been our demographic, i.e. younger than our opponent basically all season. And we haven't turned up with that lack of intent all that often so i'm not sure for mine that that washes yeah well it was really obvious i mean and this is and i think it's been highlighted in the media a little bit since there seemed to be a real lack of defensive intent and when we're going to get beaten this week i think if we don't turn up um Mm. with a different mindset i think Um, i mean obviously you've got guys like zach merritt who are you know, you can see them trying hard, or even he had some bad moments, but I don't know. Maybe they are young and tired. Maybe the wheels are starting to fall off. Um, I think the, I guess the rot started to set in a few weeks ago, and we're, we're battling. But I, I mean, you don't want to use it as an excuse, but I think, you know, you lose, there are a few key players missing that would make a difference. But, you know, I guess you could say the same for, for everyone else at the moment. You know, they've got key players there. It's tough. Look, look, this week's going to be really interesting, Grizz, I reckon. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I think if people were losing their minds on, on the weekend after one point narrow win, which we only just managed to 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 get, they're, they're really, thank goodness I'm not a, a moderator on big footy because I reckon it could, uh, it could turn nasty, could turn ugly uh, next week if we lose. Yeah, I mean, who do I want to be a moderator, honestly? But um, <laughs> it, yeah, I fully expect North to be up for this week. So this, we we, yeah. we joke every year that but this is their grand final. They put Melbourne to the sword in the first half in their game, and we'll we'll talk North later. But one thing we've got to do is we have to be better 
defensively. So if you looked at the stats, just if you hadn't watched the game and you look and you, you covered the scores up and you looked at the stats, and, and this is all, always a really dangerous way to, to look at games, right? You don't want to be too stat heavy. But when you win yeah. clearances by 10, when you win disposals, when you win contested possession by 40, you should be winning and you shouldn't be getting outscored in terms of goals by your opponents. West Coast kicked 11 to our 10. Yeah. In reality, we had 10 tackles inside 50 and that was really low. And I think West Coast kicked seven goals transition from transition defense. So for people at home who don't know what that means, that's when they get the ball, they intercept the ball in their back half and they move it through into the front half and you score from that transition. They average about a goal a year, a goal a game this year from that. We gave them seven. So yeah. we <laughs> having that, I reckon, Chris, because because that shows that that demonstrates part of the problem. And I think what was happening is is we're running running forward and we're we you know, we've got guys moving forward for the cheapie or and then you know they're they're out of position, the ball's turned over and they can't get back. All the all their they're not putting in the hard yards to get back to to apply pressure, and that's why you know our pressure rating is so far down. Uh, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Really, when they've so, only kicked one, they kicked seven. That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah, their average is one or two a game, and that when we talk about transition, we mean they get it inside D fifty, mm-hmm. and then they transition all the way. That's not scores off turnovers. That's turnovers inside the defensive fifty. So they're starting all the way back. And they go mm-hmm. all the way forward. And, you know, you can make the argument that Jeremy McGovern being in the team straightens them up, a bit like the James Sicily effect on Hawthorne. And we certainly did our best to bomb it onto Jeremy McGovern's head at every yeah. possible opportunity. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think they had a good, a lot of good players. Elliot Yeo played really well, played undersized on, on Peter Wright for a lot of the day. And Peter Wright didn't have a massive influence. So that's probably a win for West Coast. But... Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I suppose we don't want to be uber, 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 uber negative because mm. we did win, which means we did enough good things at different points to get over the line. But as far as total efforts go for the year, that's got to be on the lower end, and that's probably as bad as of any loss. And I, I do, I do think that if we play any other team and play that sort of game. We're not winning by a point. We're probably down by two or three goals. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Mm. We, were, we were lucky. That that last goal that we, we kicked as well, right at the end, we had some real luck. Yep. <laughs> if you, yeah. that, that, that throw in from the umpire, oh, my God. Did you see that? The, yeah. the, uh, yeah. uh, it's oh. like he wanted us to win. <laughs> oh, it was not great. And then nah. <laughs> oh, and, and there was a lot of things that went away, like West Coast not putting a man behind the ball. Yeah, that's, that's right. That was the other one. Oh, they, I did, they did that. Did they? <laughs> and and I, I, like people are saying, you can't, yeah, accusing them of tanking is is wrong. But there's enough senior players in that team to know, hey, we're up by five points with about a minute left. Should we throw a couple of guys behind the ball? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. But you know, credit where it's due. Darcy Parish, who apparently isn't damaging enough and doesn't do anything good and is a terrible player, you know, managed to bustle Kelly out of the way, win the clearance. Jaden Laverde, the the halfback running machine, bombs the inside fifty, and Cole Langford kicks his fifth, and we go up. And from that point on, as well, we also we shut the game down pretty well, which is and there was that terrible throw in that you. <laughs> alluded to which helped but i suppose if we're looking at positives i mean we shut the game down 
we had, and Brad Scott mentioned this on AFL 360 last night, we saw that we're in both positions where we had to win the game and then we had to save the game and we sort of passed both tests, you know, opposition notwithstanding, but we seem to at least stand up in those moments. Yeah. Actually, he was good last night, Brad Scott, wasn't he? Wasn't he good? Just he didn't give Robbo anything at all. Oh. A, nothing. <laughs> oh. and, then he, and, then, and then he gave him a little clip on the way out. It was awesome. I liked it. Changed. <laughs> it's interesting with Robbo, and we, uh, you know, this can be one of the topics we pick up as after we get off this depressing game. But you know, for someone that you know has so many ties with Essendon, is there someone that's less liked by Essendon and their fans? <laughs> like, it's sort of ironic. You'd think, you know, generally journalists have a strong tie emotionally to a team are generally liked by the team, but it seems like our club and our fans can't stand him. But we'll get to that. <laughs> but the, yeah, but what you're saying about the clip, like, you know, <laughs> what was that about? You know, if you're worried about winning every week, like Robbo is or something <laughs> along those lines. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I can't remember exactly what he said. Oh, he said, "Don't listen to." much to Robbo. Yeah, um, that's it. Oh. Yeah, or, or don't get too wrapped up in what Robbo has to say. I, it was it was quite a good little uh, little backhander on the way out, I thought. And it, it, yeah, but yeah, with a smile on his face. He's not James Hurd. No, and Bonson made the comment on the board, and I tend to think that there's a, a, a decent dollop of truth in it where he's like, well, mm. you know, Brad Scott's the guy that is sitting where he preferred James Heard to be, uh, <laughs> and I think yeah. Scott and I think Scott knows that. And um, yeah. yeah, anyway, but that's that's a political topic we can get to later. Um, in terms of other positives on the game, um, I thought you know, Zach Merritt had a couple of really good moments. A great tackle, and then gave the entire team a mouthful after he won the free yeah. kick. Which yeah. you know, Zach Merritt's my spirit animal at the moment, um, and then. <laughs> Uh, I thought Darcy Parrish had a really good game as well. A couple of really crucial clearances right late. I think he had nine clearances for the game, um, which was a lot. Ben Hobbs had eight as well for 17 disposals, which is a bit bonkers. Imagine half your disposals being clearances. But I think, he's yeah, he's a he's a handy young guy, that one. But, um, mm. you, know, you know, Kyle Langford's the other obvious one, which we can talk about in a minute. What, what other positives can you take out of the weekend's game? I think, look, we we are probably missing a, a good key back, a, a big one, and obviously Ridley. Um, I reckon they're holding it together reasonably well, all things considered. Yeah, look, to be to be brutally honest, with the exception of um, some bits and pieces here, I, I'm not taking as much out of it as I normally would. It's it's harder to find positives. Like Langford was fantastic playing in his rightful position as a forward what we were thinking trying to shoehorn him into a inside mid in the reserves i can't believe we wasted two years on that <laughs> um but you never know maybe that's helped shape him into the player is today and and um who knows but he's 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 been fantastic i i thought parish was pretty good you know, in contrast to 50% of the other people that post on the board who thought he was horrible and should be traded. Merritt was, was not too bad. Just trying to think. I think the guys down back, I thought Zerk, actually, I had Zerk as my best player. I don't think too many other people thought that, but I really mm. liked his game on the weekend. He did some really good things. Just gets his hand in there sometimes. You know, he he judges the ball coming in nicely, takes some some good marks. I really like him. He gets ragdolled by the big fellas, but I, I thought he was pretty good on the weekend. And yeah. actually, you know what? I reckon I reckon Brian's going okay. Seeing some good signs from him. He's just sort of um, you know, getting his hand on the footy a bit, you know, winning winning some tap outs, do, doing 
doing a bit and probably getting a little bit better for every game he plays. But it looks like next year with the with the best tap tap ruckman in the league retiring today, looks like he's going to get a little bit more time out there next year. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll That's get what to I'm talking about. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll oh. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I thought you were talking, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll get to Phillips in a minute because I oh, I think it's really important that we touch on that. Um, just on Zerk, so ten intercept possessions for the game, which is a mm. lot <laughs> when you consider it is. Um, yeah, yeah. He only had seventeen disposals, so he intercepted more than half of his disposals. But I, I think we are fighting probably a man down, or at least a couple of man down to, down back, and Oscar Allen. Gave us a hiding the last time. I thought, you know, to your point, Zerk actually did a pretty good job on him. Yeah. Out positioned a fair bit. Laverde, I think. Laverde looks a bit exposed one-on-one when he hasn't got Ridley down there. And that's mm. okay. There are plenty of defenders that will have shaky moments against Jack Darling and Oscar Allen without help. I think Laverde's had a really good year, much like last year and the year before. I think he's had a rough couple of weeks, but that's not really indicative. And, and yeah, we've already touched on Cole Langford, but he just looks such a natural forward. Like the, the irony is, he's 192 centimeters, and 90 kegs, right? You know, mm. 20 years ago, he's a full forward. Well, that's that's your full forward size. That's Matthew Lloyd size, basically. Can you imagine trying to turn Matthew Lloyd into a wingman? Um, <laughs> well, I suppose if you're Matthew Knight, but we'll we'll move on from yeah, that point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. But I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. I've been- yeah, the scars remain. The scars remain. Um, I think our ball, uh, yeah, and you know, Nick Hind was good, but our ball use generally at halfback was pretty bad. But I think Nick Hind had almost 600 metres gained, which is a good effort. He's been good last few weeks too, actually, Hindy. I forgot about him, but he played really well on the weekend. Yeah. So go ahead. We look better. We look better when he is taking the game on, breaking the lines and, and – um, you know, with a bit of dare. Um, he he, he kind of actually looks better than McGrath when when he's he's doing it. He he um he gets the ball and goes and and things happen. He he was good. No, he was very good. And, and I suppose offensively has never been his issue. Like he can get the ball mm. and he can get meters and he can be really attacking. I suppose what you're trying to buy or what you're trying to weigh is he's um. He's good for a goal game the other way, unfortunately, as well, which when you're a defender yeah. is never a great quality to have. But I suppose, you know, with with, with Kelly down there uh, and McGrath down there, they're probably in the spot. But, you know, Kelly played wing a fair bit on the weekend, which was bizarre to see. But I suppose he's got a good tank. He's got a good engine. Um, he can't kick. Yeah, he can't kick either. So... <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I was scratching my head. That's a strange one, but they're, they're persisting with it. Oh, well, Cox, Cox is playing down back instead, isn't he? Yeah. yeah I, I, yeah, there's some weird selections. I tend to think that, well, I tend to, I don't know if it's hoping or thinking, but I think there's going to be over the next 12 to 18 months a fair bit of turnover in our list. And there's a bunch of guys in your, your Hethel and your Kelly and your um, Laverde sort of mold that yeah. might not be around past that point, but have a role to play in the next 18 months while we, bring, while we bring what is and, you know, people can roll against it all you want and I rolled against it a little bit earlier. We are a young team, so we are going to need some level of experience in our team. Speaking of experience, we'll move on from this game, unless you have any reservations, uh, to talk about a man of great experience, uh, a cult figure on our board, a much-beloved player, 
in uh, the big flipper, Andrew Phillips, who is retiring in what is a bit of a surprise to me. I thought he didn't look like he was slowing down at all. Pulls the plug. I, I don't think he's played 100 games. I think he's going to fall just short of that between obviously starting as a, an inaugural, an inaugurable, inaugural, I can't say the word. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. Initial player for the Giants. Uh, moving to Carlton and then now to Essen. I think he's played more games at Essen now than he played the other two combined or something, which is a bit remarkable. Just a, classically what you want from your reserve ruckman, your experienced second or third ruckman that comes in, chips in, and and saves you when Draper inevitably misses six games a year. Um, I think he's been great. I think you mentioned earlier he's the best tap ruckman in the competition. I, I think we're actually going to miss him more than you'd probably think next year. Yeah, absolutely. All-round nice fella too, actually. Um, really, really good, solid sort of a person to have in the team, I think. And, and he's done well, as you say. He's been really good. Um, he's never going to, you know, win games for you like like Draper has the potential to do. Um, but he's pretty solid and he's been pretty serviceable since he came across. I think you'd, you'd say all in all, it was it's been a pretty good move. Uh, and it's worked out pretty well for us. I think Brian, I think the writing's on the wall, though. I think Brian is is going to step up next year and and Draper, you'd expect to to be in there as well. So it probably would have been hard for, for Phillips to get a game next year, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I still think that, you know, Draper's yet to get to a season without missing three, four, six games, basically, since he said they've got. So I still, you know... I think there would have been a spot in the list for him because you generally need three Ruckman anyway, even if he only plays five or six games next year. But, you know, it, you know he might just decide that at 33 he's got enough else going on that he doesn't need <laughs> the rigidity of, of AFL football. And if that's the case, great. Oh, look, he, he's, you know, for a, I think we traded like a, a fourth-round pick for him to get, mm. you know, to get 30-odd games. I think it's 39 games, 38 games out of him as a reserve ruckman and, and played really well at times. Like, the stats aren't mm. fantastic, but, you know, he, he's a physical presence that throws his weight around. Um, mm. It's been a really good return. And I wonder how much of it also was just the club saying, look, you're, you're the second guy this year, but we're, we're really we're trying hard to keep Brian, who I imagine is going to have suitors coming for him. You're going to yeah. be the third, maybe the fourth ruck at best if, if you do go on next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might be right. I think I think we would have struggled. I, I, I agree. I think Brian's out of contract at the end of this year, isn't he? Yeah, um, he is, yeah. And he would definitely have people interested in, I suspect. So, yeah, I think we, have, we had to probably almost guarantee him Greater opportunities because I think this year, given his form in the reserves, he he may have started to question whether he wanted to stay um, due to lack of um, opportunity. Yeah, I think that's right. But um, I've I've heard you know some friends I have in WA saying uh, WA in SA saying that Porter are registering an interest. Apparently, I don't break much news, but apparently um, they're they're keen. As I'm sure a lot of clubs who need a ruckman would be keen. I imagine. You know, your Collingwoods or your um, your Geelongs who have got Ruckman who long and tooth would come for him. But uh, hopefully he sticks around. I, we, we tend to like playing two Ruckman at the moment. So particularly with Stringer out of the team, maybe that's just how we go for going forward. But we'll move on from Ruck talk um, because as interesting as it is, 
uh, it's probably not what we want to be spending uh, the rest of the podcast on. I just wanted to chat really briefly. You, you mentioned before, you know, going into this week, and I, I'm trying to ask everyone this that comes on the pod, um, Bonser and, and Kipu in a year as well. You know, if we assuming we win this week, which is a big assumption based on how we played it on the weekend, but let's just you know, pie in the sky, assume we win this week. That'll be, I think, eleven wins for the year, which will be a, you know, almost double what we had last year. Mm. If we don't make finals this year, because we we have to beat the Giants up in in Sydney and Collingwood, we're, we're going to have to win at least one of those, probably two, to get in. Considering where we were post by, is this year a failure to you if we don't make the finals? Or is there enough that you've seen elsewhere in how we play or the youngsters that are coming through that says, no, not, not all is lost? Yeah, look, I think I think at this stage, for, for mine anyway, I just want to see some green shoots. After last year where we were at, I think you just want to, you want to see some young players coming through and I think we've seen that. So I think regardless of the results from here on in, personally, I'd say that we're moving in the right direction. And in that respect, I guess you'd have to say it's a success. But, you know, a couple more wins, three more wins would be nice. A final would be nice. But it's going to be very, very tough and, and yeah, unlikely, I think. Um, but you never know. Um yeah, we've got to win next. We've got to win against North Melbourne this week. That's that's the priority. And look, what did you say? So we what did we win? Five or six games last year? It was only six, was it? I think it was six or six or seven at least uh, at the most. And so, um, yeah, it was six. If we win, you know, this weekend and beat one of Collingwood or GWS, and Collingwood might win the next couple of weeks and be able to rest some players in um, round mm. three. So it is a yeah, it's not impossible. But mm. yeah, it's not lot. It's not necessarily a lay down Mazzare either. Um, no. You know, at that point, I think we're basically double what we were last year. Which you know, obvious rider on you know, put the obvious rider on it in terms of you know, the draw has been significantly easier. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Definitely. But you know, significantly easier might be one to two wins, or mm. maybe three to four wins. I think not essentially, you know, double. <laughs> like that's yeah. a, a big jump. Um, I think, sorry to cut you off. I think you want to see the side competitive against good sides as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess even just feeling like we're in games that we weren't in last year. And, and yeah, a couple of sides have got a hold of us. And that's only in the last few weeks. But prior to that, you know, I guess with the exception of the Brisbane Lions game earlier in the year, we and the Geelong game, we were pretty much in the game, which is a, you know, market improvement on last year. And I reckon that's good. It's, it's you know, with so many young players, they're going to be a little bit inconsistent. They might be a little bit tired. 12 games, if we win 12 games a year, that's good. That's a that's a good improvement, I think. And, and we should probably be happy, but... The problem is once once you start winning games, your expectations, you know, um, rise, and then people kind of get a little bit disappointed. <laughs> you know, even even though we have improved a lot, it's. I do wonder if we get though as a club get stuck in this cycle of getting too high on results which don't mean as much as we think they do, 
and then mm. crashing into a heap and getting upset that we've not not had the success that we so 21 to 2022 is is the obvious example you know 2021 we had a good draw 2022 much harder and you know I, there was a lot obviously a lot of stuff happening in 2022 that we just didn't understand behind the scenes the way it blew up at the end probably indicates there was some simmering tension there regardless but i, I just it's you know and you think of the last every time we make finals we make five we get bundled out and we just have this horrific year the next year 2014 to 2015 you know when herd got sacked after that run of 100 point losses or big losses you know, 2017 to 2018, you know, 2018, you know, we started like two and eight or something and then came back to be 12 and 10 or whatever, but missed the finals. You know, 2019, we made the finals, 2020, you know, COVID year, yeah, fine. Okay, a bit of an outlier, but again, all club implosion basically at the end of the year. And then, you know, 2021 to 22. So if we make the finals this year, I think the real the real litmus test of whether we've made any progress will be 2024. Like if we mm. if um if we just have this horrific year, then not even make finals. We don't have to make finals next year. But if we if we go on and have a six or seven or eight win season next year, and just go back to this non-defensive style football, it's going to be tough to defend. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope. <laughs> let's hope <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 getting very existential. Um, which yeah, you know, it's it yeah. You know, this is a footy podcast. You know, what's the meaning of life? I don't know. There's lots of contributing factors, and and you know, I I guess it, it's easy just to focus in on the results without actually well in isolation without actually considering, you know, the factors that have a bearing in those results. And and you're spot on. You know, we have had a great draw this year. But that said, I, I, we, we have been pretty um, competitive against good sides and we've beaten good sides and we've beaten sides that are in the eight. But, uh, yeah, it is, it, is an interesting, um, it is an interesting topic. We can sort of talk about it at length for, for longer, I think. But, you know, we, we probably don't have a lot of time, do we? No, no. And, look, I don't want to get depressed. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the weekend was enough for me. But... Well, we'll move on to the North game, which you which you accurately sort of said before that if we're not up for, there is every chance that uh, North come and beat us. When you sort of sit down or, or go to watch the game on TV or, or go to the game this weekend, what are you looking for? What's the key you think to beating North Melbourne this week? Who will have you know? This will be basically their first game back in Melbourne with with Clarko back. I think. Mm, yeah. It'll be interesting. I actually watched a bit of the game on the weekend against Melbourne and Zeebel was one of their, their better players. And I don't think that's going to happen again this week. I reckon he'll be cooked because he was throwing himself at everything. But they've got some good players. Um, and Taron, I reckon Taron Thomas, if he, if he gets his head or if he stays on the straight and narrow, I think he's going to, he could be a really damaging player. And I think we'll need to keep an eye on him. But some of these young mids they've got running around uh, are really good players. And if they all click, we could be in, in strife if we, we let them play their game. I don't know whether Wardlaw is back or not. You might know. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't think he's he's in play on the weekend. Um, he, 
So he, he apparently bought was the reason why Clarko came back. Oh, um, that's a shame for Clarko, isn't it? Oh, the, yeah, well, I know. Well, he just, yeah, he's not he's not around. He might he might just go back into to Exodus if he comes back. Oh, sorry guys, yeah. I thought I thought George was here. Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll duck back. <laughs> he's back. Um, <laughs> um, oh, maybe yeah. He was good though. He was impressive that kid. Um, I, I reckon I reckon North and I had I had saying this. Out loud, I think they've got some some great talent on the list. You know, they get a, they pick another couple of players up this year in the draft. You know, they, we might they they might be a bit more challenging next year. Oh, look, this week is is going to be a challenge anyway. But those those young kids, getting back to what I was saying, if if they play well, you know, we're going to have to work pretty hard to win. And and if we approach it the same way we approach the West Coast game, we we won't win it. I don't think. I reckon North Melbourne could beat us. So let's hopefully hope we see some improvement there. Yeah, well, North beat us last time. North absolutely belted us in the clearances last time. So that was basically the game. We we beat them on the outside and they absolutely belted us on the inside. And we really only won because they couldn't hit the side of the barn with their kicking. Mm. And so it would be really interesting. I think we 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 didn't have Darcy Parish on the week uh, when we played them last time. I think Will Setterfield was also missing. He might be back this week. It'd be really interesting to see, you know, if we match whether we can match them on the inside. And you know, North aren't a great clearance team. I think they're mid table basically in contested possession. They're bottom of the ladder near us, but they they do win clearances probably above their weight division. They win a lot of it. So. Yeah, you know, if they're going to have a chance, it's going to be trying to bludgeon us to death. They've got Luke Duniak, Luke Davies Uniac back from the last time we played them as well. So I really want to see us match them in the midfield because I think if we get break even there, we'll, we'll get them on the outside. They don't have the foot skills or the speed to go with us there. But in the same sense, if we just think we can, you know, walk the ball around like we did on the weekend, you know, they're better than West Coast. So they'll, they'll touch us up, no problems. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's his name who always plays well against us? What's his name? What do they call him? It's the guy who always keeps goals against us. Lucky Zerha. 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 I don't think he's playing, mate. I think he's injured. Oh, that's good. We, we, we'll win. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got traded to us last year, didn't he? I think the I think the the tale was that um, if, uh, you know, it, Whoever this, whoever their coach was, um, Ross, uh, not Ross Noble, um, David Noble wasn't sacked. He was gone. So I suppose you know, yeah. Clarko comes back. Uh, he's all good. But yeah, so uh, it'll be really interesting. Oh, we should win this. We should win this if we come applied, ready to go, ready to play, and with a physical mindset. The the reality will be, um, can we bring it? Um, that's been spotty for the last part of the season, but we'll see how it goes now. We haven't got much left, so what I always try to do, what we always try to do is a tip, a margin, and a crazy prediction. So last week I tipped Langford was going to kick six, um, and the bugger yeah. kicked five three. So thanks, Langers. You let me down. You Come on, mate. Yeah. Come on, mate. You let you, uh, me down, let the team down. I know you keep the winning goal, but be better. <laughs> so, uh, Darrow, what, give us your, your tip, your margin, and your crazy prediction for this week. I reckon... We'll win, uh, and it'll be a return to form, and we'll win by seven or eight goals. And um, Parish will be so good that all the naysayers will disappear from the Parish thread for a week. 
That is a, a that is a crazy prediction. Yeah, <laughs> it would have to have like seventy and ten goals. But I'm, look, if he has seventy and ten goals, no problems. Uh, I think I'm tipping north. I'm tipping north by eleven points. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be up for this, and I think we'll be more up for it than we were last week. But I'm I'm I've got this horrific feeling that has come from following SM for the last twenty years. That is, this is teed up for Essington. So let's hope not. And my crazy prediction is that uh, I think Ben McKay will have 10 intercept marks. I think that we have this pension of bombing down long on defenders' heads and he's one of the best elite, for all his other flaws, he's one of the best contested sort of intercept markers in the league. So I might go with that. Just yeah. to be depressing. You know, gee, um, yeah, people are going to love coming on this podcast in the future. Um, <laughs> so uh, all that said, Darrow, thanks for jumping on tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Hmm, absolutely. Thank you very much for inviting me. All right, no no worries. So that's it for this week. Congratulations, Bomber fans, on the win. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your mates about the podcast. And most of all, go Bombers. <laughs>